Florida Gators recruiting has been um, a, a roller coaster, is what we'll call it for now. But we're about to take a look at the latest addition to the Florida Gators football team, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryVSI.com. And before getting into today's content, just ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review. You know what it is at this point. I'm just going to save my breath and get into it because we're talking about TJ Searcy today. And um, first, yeah, I, I, I know Florida sky is falling uh, national media wise. We'll get to that. I, I just want to make that very clear. But uh, TJ Searcy committed early <laughs> yesterday morning. A, a nice 4th of July um, alarm clock, I guess. I don't know. I woke up and saw it. And that, that's where I'm going to roll with it. But TJ Searcy is a four-star edge rusher out of Thomaston, Georgia. And it, it's funny because when we talk about TJ Searcy and, and we talk about how his recruitment has gone, he was crystal balled to Florida State, and I, I, I just don't know. Um, that crystal ball meant nothing because it meant nothing. TJ Searcy is a Florida Gator. He committed to the Florida Gators over Clemson, South Carolina, and Tennessee because he put out a Final Four last week, and Florida State wasn't even in it. So sorry there, uh, Mike Norvell and staff, but. Yeah, ain't nothing. It's as simple as that. But I will say that TJ Searcy, he did put out the final four last week. I believe it was June 26th, if I'm not mistaken, um, which was Florida, Clemson, South Carolina, and Tennessee. But I will say that this isn't a commitment that I was like, we're going to get TJ Searcy because he his stock rose so much over the past month, five, six weeks-ish. And so I was like, yeah, like, like he's in there, but he's not someone that we're focusing on, uh, although probably should have been in terms of media wise. Uh, but, but he's here now he's going to be here. And, and it's a big addition for the Florida Gators as well, because look, defensively, Florida has been doing a great job, which we will talk about, but this is the third four star front four defender to commit in the past two weeks. So Sean Spencer, Mike Peterson, and the rest of this defensive staff, Patrick Tony, of course, included, um, they've been kind of killing it lately. I, I get that the quarterback talk and everything is overshadowing it. Um, Francis Moegoa yesterday kind of overshadowed it. But the defensive staff here has been doing their thing. They also added Isaiah Nixon, who's another edge rusher, and Gavin Hill, who's listed as a defensive lineman. And look, I, I could talk about TJ seriously all you want, but if we want the... um. 
the more experienced take on it. We're about to be joined by John Garcia, who is Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdowns Recruiting Insider, because I asked John about TJ a couple weeks ago, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, I got to see him in person a couple months back at a camp. Uh, it was a wet, rainy, kind of cold day, and uh, this kid showed up to compete. You know, he flashed all over the place uh, at that Under Armour event, uh, which was stacked with both O-linemen and D-linemen at the SEC Power 5 level. Uh, he flashed as a really athletic interior pass rusher. I'm a big fan of big guys who can actually rush the passer. Uh, he's got strong leverage, a kid who's well-built, not a lot of bad weight on his frame uh and another one whose profile you know really since that point has begun to rise it, it made a lot of coaches kind of rewrite their travel plans for the spring so they went over to georgia to see him in person and, and he continues i think even as of last week adding new scholarship offers so it's a good time for him to get on uf's campus um because his profile is probably going to continue to rise and new schools are going to get involved so locking in an official uh, and having an opportunity to get that impression, I think, will be important uh, for this coaching staff, who's already kind of been on the front end of, of prioritizing him. Um, we talk about in-state recruits a lot uh, for Florida, but you do have to compete in the state of Georgia. you got to go up to Alabama, where they're prioritizing some guys and, and have had great uh, D-linemen on campus uh, like Searcy. Uh, but you got to come in and compete uh, in Florida, in the Carolinas, in Alabama in particular for top talent. So this would be another good you know, opportunity uh, to, to show that prowess uh, at UF. So good timing to get this visit because a lot of people are going to want to get trips out of TJ Searcy. His, his stock is certainly on the rise. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. And if you've never used LinkedIn Jobs before, I highly recommend it. That's how I got my last job before LinkedIn, before locked on. Wow, that's going to be confusing. I hope you all know that. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? I used to do it all the time when I was seeing a job. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And now we're talking about TJ Searcy still because this is this is a big ad, you know, another four-star defender. And TJ Searcy is he's an edge defender that, you know, John has said it when we've when we've spoken about him and, and we've gone through this a lot with uh kind of the trend of which which edge defenders Florida Gators are targeting. A lot of it is guys that they could play with their hand in the dirt. They could play standing up, but TJ Searcy is more of that hand in the dirt type. He's more of that not Zachary Carter, but that DND tackle style where he's not really a stand-up edge rusher too much. But again, he's young, he's athletic, he can grow, he can become that. But right now, the way things are projecting for him, uh, it looks like he'll probably play that that field side defensive end role, which is fine with me. I have no problem with that. That's still a very important role in this defense. But TJ Searcy is a long athletic player that could become he could become a, a legitimate defensive 
I mean, you could call him a defensive weapon, a defensive tool. You can call him whatever you want, but he could be that chess piece is an off is a common term for these type of defenders where in this Patrick Tony slash Sean Spencer defense, We've, we've discussed this before so many times with creepers and sim pressure and then dropping defensive linemen into coverage, um, dropping edge rushers as well into coverage. If you don't want to consider edge rushers defensive linemen just because they're standing up, whatever it might be. I, I, I don't care for those semantics right now. Um, but with, with this Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer defense, that's going to ask their front four defenders to kind of drop back into coverage a little bit. Uh, that, that's that's helpful to have a long, athletic, fairly raw defender where, I mean, he's agile. If, if you've watched the tape, the very little tape that I have seen of him, he looks like he's a very agile defender. And it's like, well, if you're dropping back into coverage, you can get that shift going. Keep making that feed. It, it's perfect. Currently, the Florida Gators have at that field side defense vent spot. So not talking about the Jack, which is a stand-up Brenton Cox Jr., Lloyd Summerall type role. Uh, looking more towards the field side defensive end spot of it, you've got Prince Leo Mameline is almost definitely going to be the starter. I, th- I think that most of us are comfortable saying that Prince Leo Mameline will be the starting field side defensive end. Uh, Tyreek Sapp and Justice Boone, which means that there's a lot of youth along that edge group, as well as even at the jack spot. Um, because I mean, I, I will say that again, if, if TJ CRC plays that field side edge rusher, if he plays that stand up edge rusher, that Jack spot, that's great because he's a versatile defender. He could play all around and they're going to be asked to do kind of similar things, but if he could play that Jack spot as well, he's got a significantly higher chance of getting onto the field. And, and that's important, especially when you look at that field side end spot, you've got Prince Leoman Melin is right now projected to be the starting field side edge, which is great uh he's a true junior so he's got this year and he's got this year minimum he's got next year and i believe he'd be able to COVID year it to have up to three more years if he chooses to do so tyreek sap is a red shirt freshman so he's got years of eligibility and justice boone as well has years of eligibility so there's a lot of youth along that group where the jack spot not so young there's going to be some guys rotating out quicker than uh than this field side edge spot, but there could be that opening there for TJ CRC to kind of, uh, I don't want to say like weasel his way in, but like work his way in just by providing that versatility, similar to a, a chief borders type where you go, well, he's a versatile rusher. He could play hand up. He could play hand down. He could do whatever. And TJ CRC's frame offers that ability to play that end, that Jack, the five tech, the three tech role where he can do so much. And we're seeing that, like we've talked about, we're seeing that a lot with Patrick Tony, with Sean Spencer, with what this Florida Gators defense is pretty clearly trying to do, which is no issue with me. Um, and looking at just the rest of this, because we talk so much about, um, I believe it's FW Buckles, uh, which is where. Creed Whitmore is from, and then you're looking at uh, you you look at IMG Academy, and you're looking at the pipeline that Florida is trying to form with Kamari Wilson, with Najee Harris, with we were hoping for Francis Mongo yesterday, but that didn't happen. And you look at Florida kind of targeting these schools and trying to get into the schools. TJ Searcy is uh, not a unicorn, but he's kind of a standout in the sense that. He's the only one 
from his from Upsonley in Thomas in Georgia. He's the only player from 2020, from 2021, from 2022, from 2023, from 2024, obviously so far for 2023 and 2024. Uh, but he's the only player so far from that five year stretch where he's even ranked on on pretty much any of these websites. Uh, so a pipeline isn't really something we're looking at here for the Florida Gators, but adding TJ Searcy, I mean, could kind of could kind of entrench Florida in that school's culture, in Upson Lee's culture, if they have more kids coming through. But that is uh, that is yet to be seen. I went to a high school who, in its century of existence, has had one kid go to play D1 football. Uh, and even then, that took until when I graduated in 2014. So sometimes schools just don't produce high-caliber players, except for the once-in-a-blue-moon type. And so that that's what we're kind of looking at with TJ Searcy. But we're about to take a look at the recruiting class as a whole. But first, a quick word from Bet Online, Because I don't know about you, I'm pretty confident in the Florida Gators this season. I know that there are a lot of Gators fans who... Um, not so much, which is fine. But right now on Bet Online, the Gators' win total is set at six and a half wins. So if you think the Gators will win seven or more games like I do, then you will take that bet of over, which I did. If you think that they're not going to perform to that standard, take the under then. If, if it's close, then don't do it. You don't make money for betting on both. It's as simple as that. But betonline.net is the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Not just football, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, table tennis, darts, actual tennis. Whatever you want to bet on, you can do it with reality TV, award shows, politics, financials, everything. You can do it. Head to head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about this recruiting class and I kind of touched on this a little bit before where for the Florida Gators, I mean, pretty much, okay, I left on vacation June 19th. Since then, just things have started happening with the Florida Gators, whether it's, you know, uh, three players getting kicked off the team, kicked off the team, whether it's any transfers that might have happened for players that probably would have been kicked off the team, whether it's people that we thought might be Gators and not committing to Florida, people that we weren't really expecting to commit yet commit to Florida. The public perception for the Florida Gators football team over the past two weeks has been that the Gators are struggling in a major way on the recruiting trail. And the reality of that is that it's completely false. Uh, Florida in the past two weeks, in reality has had four four-star players commit to the Florida Gators, whereas, yes, they've lost out on Arch Manning with a surprise Texas commit. They lost out on Jaden Rashada with the Miami commit. They lost out on Francis Maui Goa with the Miami commit. They lost out on Samuel Mosigo to Oklahoma, the linebacker, which, by the way, should not surprise anybody uh, if a linebacker commits to Oklahoma over Florida because, I mean, yes, Florida has Jay Bateman, and he, I, I I like him. I think he's fine. He's solid in North Carolina. But Oklahoma has Brent Venables, who has been one of the best defensive coordinators in college football for about a decade, and it's a linebacker in college and a linebacker coach, and so he's a linebacker specialist. You should expect to get the linebackers. 
which is also kind of what we're seeing with the Florida Gators, where we've got Sean Spencer, who has a reputation of getting defensive linemen into the NFL, getting them to hit that next level, that next stride. And Florida's been cleaning up lately with the additions of TJ Searcy as an edge rusher, of Isaiah Nixon as an edge rusher, of Gavin Hill as a defensive lineman. Uh, Sharif Denson, more on the secondary side, of course. He's a cornerback. So Corey Raymond, who, hello, he he is the guy. where Wherever he is, is the DBU, is pretty much the way they were going about this. So Sharif Denson coming from Jacksonville. He's a Jacksonville kid. He's going to be a Florida Gator. In addition to longtime commit Aaron Gates staying, which I think is, I don't, I don't think that necessarily says much about the current coaching staff or anything. I think it says a lot about Aaron Gates, though, that he's willing to stick through this tough time and, and not even waver from his commitment, which is amazing. Uh, but but yeah, the public perception has been, ah, everything's, no, and no, nothing is going wrong here. Things are just going, I don't even want to say not as good as expected. I feel like things in Gainesville are kind of going what should have been expected. You know, we're going to be missing out on some, big, on some big names. And I understand being upset about it. I understand being upset about, not getting Jaden Rashada when we thought we would. I understand about not even getting the visit from Arch Manning when, when we thought he, we, we would. I understand, you know, us Gators fans being upset about Francis Goa going to Miami because it's like, well, what is Miami doing here? Miami's throwing the bag at people. It's as simple as that. Um, and honestly, don't I'm not going to bank on these commitments staying if Miami does not perform. This year, I think, you know, if... Tyler Van Dyke doesn't have a great year. I think maybe Jaden Rashada is like, quarterback kind of iffy there, especially when you look at how polarizing Justin Herbert was compared to how good he is in the NFL, how polarizing he was as a college football player because of the scheme and because of Mario Cristobal's team. So there's that. But when we're talking about the strengths, we don't have just a strength defensively. Uh, offensively, it has been a little worrisome. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to pretend that I'm like, oh, everything's peaches and roses. Now, there are things not going great, but Florida has kind of, they've found their wheelhouse in terms of offensive recruiting because the Florida Gators in the past few months have added Nigel Harris, offensive lineman, Creed Whitmore, wide athlete, but he's wide receiver, Bryce Lovett, offensive lineman, Tyree Patterson, wide receiver. And Tyree Patterson especially is someone who, when he committed, Everybody was mad about it for some reason. Like, first of all, he's a commit. Shut up. Like, it does, like be happy that you got the commitment. Um, so, so it's as simple as that. Where it's like, okay, I don't, whatever. Uh, Ty, and then he shot out boards. By the way, just just so you're aware. And that's kind of something that Florida should expect to do. Florida should continue to get offensive linemen, and they should continue to be there for wide receivers. And also, not even talking about the people that they've had. But being in the conversation for players like Francis, like Francis Malagoa, who Florida last year never would have been in this discussion. Florida never would have been in the top six for a player like that. They wouldn't have been in the top 16 for a player like that because Dan Mullen and everybody that he had on his staff, uh, whoever it was at the time, never showed that they could develop an offensive lineman. Here, Florida is putting an emphasis on the trenches with Billy Napier and his experience, with Rob Sale and his incredible reputation and resume, with Darnell Stapleton, with everybody on this staff. It's clear that offensive line is a major focal point, and receiver as well with guys like Kiri Colbert, 
that's that's what he does. Like he's one of the best receivers. He's another guy like Corey Raymond, where I was like, oh, wherever he is, it's DBU. Wherever Kiri Colbert is, it's kind of wide receiver. You with USC, they were just churning them out under Kiri Colbert. Quarterback is going to be a struggle. We talked about this with John Garcia yesterday. Quarterback is going to be a struggle because Florida doesn't really have anybody on staff right now that's a proven quarterback guru, whisperer, whatever it is. Running back, still looking for a 2023 guy. I have been told that the Florida Gators are out on the 2023 tight ends, but then again, I was told they're out on quarterbacks, and then now they went for Arch Manning, they went for Jaden Rashada, and I am hearing that they're going after a few other QBs that are either committed or not yet committed, but kind of towards late in the process where they're going to push for them. Offensive line and receiver should be easier with the coaching staffs, but there, there are too many positions where we're going, we need to put something together. Uh, that, that's a little bit concerning for me and, and that I'm really just hoping that Florida can kind of piece something and put, build some momentum in those spots. Thanks for making Knockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators and more on what's happened over the past two weeks and where Florida goes from here. And we are daily. Don't forget that one. Now make your second listen, Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Gordy does the best job covering the entire conference, including your Florida Gators, with obviously different takes of mine. So get more opinions and get more content about your favorite team. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E. And I any sports and giantscontroversy.com and I will see you all tomorrow.